Now, the last time we spoke, uh, we mentioned it was the conference was winding down, and the Tzemach spoke to the soldiers, the Jewish soldiers, who many of them later gave their lives rather than convert. So meanwhile, the Tsar demanded to know why the conference, which was scheduled to last between six to ten days, was now in its fourth month, and his policies still weren't agreed upon. And he was especially distressed when, during a visit from Count Galitzin, the Count informed him of the Jews' willingness to, to die for their religion. That, that the way it was in the past, it's the same way now. They're still willing to do such things, to die for their religion. Count Galitzin was actually a member, he was very old at this time, because he was a member of the Senate, the Russian Senate, 43 years earlier when the Altarebbe was first arrested. Um, from that point on, by the way, after the Altarebbe was released, he spoke very positively about the Altarebbe and also about the Mittler Rebbe and the Tamasevic. So he said, Minister Galitzin said, they're ready to sacrifice their very lives to prevent the changes that are proposed by this conference. In addition, he said, to hundreds of thousands of Yidin, the Tzaddik of Lubavitch is more precious to them than life itself. So he was very suspicious that he was not being told the entire story. So the Tsar decided that he is going to send a personal representative to sit in on the conference. And he's not going to rely on official reports, you know, things like that. So when informed of the Tzemach Sedek's strong, unflinching, that he refused to budge responses on every point of Jewish faith and, and Jewish practice, even in Hagim. So the Tsar recognized the truth of Count Galitzin's words that the Yidin would rather die than convert. And the government then realized it's pointless to continue to demand that the Tzemach Tzedek agreed to their changes. As for the ministers, they were forced to give up their crazy plans that they wanted, at least for the time being. The only item on the agenda that the Rebbe was unable to get rid of was the decision to establish government schools, <clears throat> like basically schools for the masculine, in areas where there was no regular Jewish cheder at the time. Now, as we're going to see soon, the Tzemach Sedek was somehow able to delay this plan for over 10 years. All the other decisions were agreed on at the conclusion of the conference, however, were in the favor of the Tzemach Sedek and all of Klau Yisrael. So for one, the instructors in all Chadarim would teach Chumash, and Gemara Mishnayis based on Rashi's explanations. In addition, there would be no restrictions on learning Hasidus or following any minog. In addition to that, as a sign of acknowledgement for the fact that he participated in the conference, the Tsar gave the Tzemach Tzedek the title of honored citizen. Well, that was originally given to the Altarebbe. Um, So he already had sort of a protection from, from, from the Mittler Rebbe, but that didn't go to the Tzemach Tzedek's children, but now it would go to the children. 
Now, the outcome of the conference made a huge impression on all the ministers, especially the fact that the Tsar acknowledged the Tzemach Tzedek's uh, dedication on behalf of Yiddishkeit. And they saw from the Tsar's, the way he was uh, acting, at least on the outside, with respect for the Tzemach Tzedek, that at the very least, he wasn't willing to battle with him at the time. Meaning, like, like fine, we'll, 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 move, we'll push this off to later. The, the Tsar wasn't ready to make a whole fight with the Tzemach Tzedek. And not long after, many positive uh, proclamations would be made that benefited the Jewish people. And among them was the official proclamation. A proclamation is like that the, the government gives out a, like, like a, like a proclaiming, let's uh, like announce, announcements. So one of them was that Sifrei Hasidus were not forbidden and you could bring into the country Sifrei Hasidus because the printers were too busy printing like Svarim, like Chumash and, and Sidurim. They had no time to print other things. And they also made it known that Yiddin could now return to the areas that they were kicked out of 22 years earlier. And because of all this, the Rebbe's involvement in community matters became much further reaching than it was until now. Even the Yiddin in Volin, which was part of Ukraine, and Poland, which were areas that were not officially Russian. Russia conquered them and made them part of Russia. They, they would send representatives to him to request his help in dealing with the Tsar or this minister or that minister. Now, while he was already occupied with tons of things until now, he, he agreed to, do, to help out these Yudin as well, of course. Now, while the completion of the conference brought with it a new community matters that the Tzemach Tzedek would rather not have to take care of, one of its outcomes gave him a lot of satisfaction. So we're going to say the short story now of what happened. So when the Rebbe came home from the conference, he said to his wife, Rebbe Tzenchaim I got a new chassid in Petterberg. Our son, Rebbe Hudalib. Basically that Rebbe Hudalib was extremely close to his grandfather, the Mittler Rebbe. And when his father became the Nasi, became the next Rebbe, even though he recognized his father's greatness, he was basically stayed a chassid of the Mittler Rebbe. We're talking about the own son of the Tzemach Tzedek. But after everything he saw in, uh, in Petterberg, what went on with his father, he, he, he realized how great his father was and that his father Taka was a Rebbe and he became a chassid of his father. Now, while his father's conduct throughout the whole conference made a very deep impression on him, perhaps what what Rabbi Yehuda Leib, the Maril, who later became the Rebbe in Kapus, the, the main thing that he saw was his father's mysterious nefesh when responding to the accusation that was made against him by the minister in one of the last meetings of the conference. That he made an accusation against him. So to respond to this uh, accusation, he answered, the Tzemach Tzedek answered very firmly but calmly, I do not admit to any of the accusations that I, you're trying to say I intentionally are, am trying to embarrass the government or the officers. Throughout my life, I have informed the Jewish people what is allowed, what is permissible, and what is not allowed, what is forbidden, according to the Torah and our tradition. 
This is what I've done in the past. This is what he's telling the ministers. I will continue to do in the present and will also do so in the future without any fear of false accusa accusations that may be put against me. And knowing that I'm honestly fulfilling my obligation, meaning to, to Hashem and to the Jewish people, nothing, not even the harshest punishments, will scare or intimidate me. So that, 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 when the Tzemach Tzedek said that, the Maharil was like, wow, he couldn't believe that somebody would say that. And he also replied to them, this was either in a different meeting or that same meeting, said, when a person rebels against the king, so usually you're punished with death, right? Physical death. But when a person goes against the kingdom of Shemayim, you go against Hashem, so you get punished with a ruchni, a stick of death. Now you tell me what's worse. Obviously the ruchni is stick of death, right? So he was basically saying, I'm prepared to give up my life. Now, moving on away from the conference, we said that in most of the Jewish printing houses, besides for the one in Vilna, were closed down in 1838. And the two remaining printers that were allowed to operate were busy trying to keep up with Basic svarim, sedurim, chamashim, tehillim. To print anything else, especially specialized svarim that most people are not going to buy for, for only one specific group, that's, that's almost impossible. And the maskilim used this to their advantage. They falsely publicized that the reason why Sifre Hasidis is not being published and not being printed is because the study of Hasidis was against the law. And for the next five years, the Maskilim tried to convince Yiddin that following the ways of Hasidus would get them in trouble with the law because the Tsar forbade any Hasidic books to be printed. And in some towns, the Maskilim even convinced or, or bribed the local police to raid the houses of Hasidim and, con and to confiscate these forbidden books. And they were burned in public. And this put a lot of fear in the hearts of Hasidim who wanted to learn Hasidus because the police warned them the next time we catch you with the with Hasidic books it's going to be even worse we're not just going to take them and burn them we're going to punish you too it also anyone who was even thinking about becoming a Hasid and learning Hasidus now became afraid five years later in 1843 the Tzemach Tzedek came out from the conference and he demanded that the ministers publicize the truth. That the only reason why Sifri Hasidis and other Svarim were not being printed was that the Vilna printers were too busy printing basic Svarim to, to be able to print anything else. And he insisted that it should be made very clear that it is not against the law to own and definitely learn Sifri Hasidis. And once this was officially publicized, the Hasidim began importing Sifrei Hasidis from other countries. Amsterdam had a printing press. Now, in addition, Frum Yidin were able to now see that it was the Maskilim who were causing these farm to be confiscated and destroyed. And Taka, it was they, and not the police, who were making all the trouble. The police were just going with what the Maskilim said. And this made them even stronger not to participate in any meetings that the Maskilim organized on any subject, 
and definitely not to put your kid in the masculine schools. However, at the end of the day, this didn't change the fact that it was almost impossible to get a Sefer Hasidus now because there weren't printing presses. And the Tzemach Tzedek didn't rest, and he worked very hard until his efforts were crowned with success and the printing house in Jitomer was able to open up four years after the conference ended. And the owners of this new press in Jitomer were nephews of the brothers of Slavita, the Slavita brothers that were arrested and tortured. Um, and since they were Hasidim themselves, they did everything possible to print Sifri Hasidus. The Tzemach Tzedek immediately uh, took advantage of this and shortly after they opened up in 1848, he published the second volume of the Alter Rebbe's Maimorim. So he published the first one, Bereshis Shemais. Um, also included in that was, uh, uh, I think, uh, Pesach. We said, Shir, not Shir Shirim. Um, uh, uh, Megillus Esther was included in that. And he also published, and so now he's able to publish the second volume. On my Morim on Chumash, Vayikra, till the, till the end. However, he changed the title to Lukute Taira. So, there's an interesting. Taira Ur is the first volume, and Lukute Taira is the second volume. It's, it, he changed the name. So, there's a, there's, a, so there's a story behind why he changed the name. So, during the 10 years when, when, when Taira Ur, after Taira Ur had been printed, so the Tzemach Tzedek was constantly learning and relearning the Maimarim of the Alter Rebbe um, to be put into the second volume. And as it was his practice, he, always, he would always write down, he would be writing when he was learning. Even if it meant he had to copy over an entire paper, um, sometimes he just had to change a few words, like a source or a reference, like where to find something. So as you can imagine, some of the thoughts and explanations that he wrote on these Maimarim were amazing to read. And somehow the Hasidim found out about these editions and they requested that he print them together with the Alter Rebbe's Maimorim, together. And they knew that the Tzemach Tzedek's writings, they, they clarified, they made clear his grandfather's thoughts and made it easier to understand. However, the Tzemach Tzedek refused because he said, my goal over here is not to publish my own thoughts. It's to publish the Maimorim of the Alter Rebbe. So even after the Alter Rebbe appeared to him in a dream, and told him that publishing the Maimorim together with the explanations of, of the Tzemach Tzedek was, was proper, the Tzemach Tzedek stood very strong in his position. He's not interested in publishing any of his own writings, especially in this case when it could be extremely hard for a person. How are they going to know what's from the Tzemach Tzedek and what's from the Alter Rebbe? A short time later, three of his sons came to him and informed him that Oh, Tati, guess who came to us in a dream last night? Your grandfather, our great-grandfather, the Alter Rebbe. And they had the same message. He told, he told us in the dream that you need a print. <laughs> now you can't get out of it anymore. You need a print, the, the, the Maimorim, with your explanations. And only then did the Tzemach Tzedek agree to print the Maimorim with these editions, with his editions including in, included in the text. Um, so in the beginning, they, they used a different font so people would know the difference. Now they put it in parentheses if you look at the new volumes. Um, 
So, so he published it, he, he wanted a different title because he, he was adding his own explanations in it, so he changed the title to Lakute Torah. Now, the Tzemach Sadek worked hard in the Altar Rebbe's memoir. How long do you think he worked to print Torah and Lakute Torah? 30 years. 30 years. He started in the Altar Rebbe's lifetime in 1804, and he went all the way till 1834. And only then did he start preparing it to be published. Um, now, sometime after the conference of 1843, he said that these years of working hard on his grandfather's memorium were one of the merits that helped him uh, win over his opponents in the, in, the, in the conference. Years later, the Tzemach Sadek said, thanks to the printing of the Kutei Teira, Yidin in all communities are now learning the Alter Rebbe's Chassidus. And in this merit, He's saying, my, my Zayda, right? The Alter Rebbe reveals himself to me and teaches me, taking care of all my problems that I have in Nigla and in Chasidus.